2: Well, hello there, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Confused Breakfast Podcast. Do you remember the pure joy of a trip to the video rental store as a kid? Yes, I do. The excitement of walking down the aisles, browsing the names and the artwork, and finally deciding on the movie you were going to take home with you. Sure, it's hard to beat the ease of the modern era and streaming platforms where you don't even have to leave your house, but there was something truly special about making that trip as a child picking a movie out by hand, and pretending that a train was chasing you as you ran up to the counter to beat the rest of the customers to the checkout. <laughs>
3: <laughs> hmm. okay. Stretch there, guys. Yeah,
2: that's that's a long a one, stretch. but that's
4: fine. That's, like a- <laughs> that's what she said. It's like a, a green mile of a... <laughs> <laughs>
2: Stretch. <laughs> On this podcast, we revisit and dissect some of our favorite childhood movies from that magical era to see if they still move us the way they did as kids. I'm your host, Mike Schulte, and joining me, as always, the two actors who played Richard Dreyfuss's dipshit kids in the movie today: Sean Fryer and AJ Vance. How the heck are you guys? Dad, are you done yet? It's being dipshits. Man. We want to go to the fucking pool, Dad. You said that a half hour ago. He always he always
4: does this when he's writing.
2: Is this that stupid story about your friend Chris who died? Like an idiot. Didn't he just die? Is that why you're are you sad? Let me barge into your office when you're private
0: time and not interrupt every thought you have.
4: Oh yeah, so I'm look at this immaculate house. I'm just gonna we we have a pool, it's right around the corner, I don't need to take it to it. Okay. We'll g-
0: <laughs> I guess we'll get to it.
4: I guess we'll get
2: to that. <laughs> all right, we're so delighted to have you guys here with us today. If you're new to the podcast, you are at the beginning of an episode where we take a classic movie that you love from childhood and give you every single bit of information you could ever need about the movie while dissecting it scene by scene. So stay tuned for all the fun. But before we get started, we have a few back-end things to take care of. We got a segment called Review Time. Review Time! Review <laughs> Time! This is from Paul Skeezy, dudes. Uh, It's called Childhood Unlocked. I found you guys on TikTok not knowing that once I heard one episode, I needed to hear them all. Now, like a junkie hungry for another nostalgia fix, I wait with bated breath for Wednesday to come. Your movies and mini bite episodes that you do are like you're looking directly in my brain and picking all the right things. Thank you so much for all that you do. And here's hoping for years to come of that sweet, nostalgic ephemera.
4: Mm -hmm. Cool.
2: That we all desperately need. Wow. We are looking inside your brain.
4: Just so you know. Did Wait. did Stephen King just uh, do another another <laughs> I think author's so. like A novella? Or, yeah. And uh, <laughs> what are headphones, mm. but but us penetrating your
2: brain. Mm. Sorry, we're just, doing it. Just saying, man. Th- thanks, Paul Skeezy. And Thank we got another you. one here. This is from Jen. Johnson called number one fan. Oh right. I don't know if that's true, but we'll find out. Mm. I stumbled upon this podcast on TikTok and I have fallen in love with them. My dad raised me on these movies, and as a growing adult, it warms my heart to come back to all of it again with a deeper meaning of these movies I have watched a billion times. I 100% recommend this podcast to anyone who loves some good old boys talking about the memories they have cherished along with these movies. P.S. Thank you for making me feel so important and messaging me back on Instagram. You know what you have to do next. I don't shut up. I grow up. And when I look at you, I throw throw up. up. Can't wait for Stand by Me. Well, oh, well, Jen. Well,
0: Jen. <laughs> Do we have a thing for you?
4: <laughs> I, I, I remember. I remember talking to her on Instagram. That's that's fun. Thanks. Thanks for saying that, Jen. I appreciate that. Yeah, she's
2: probably not listening this anymore. This may
4: or it. may not. You may or may not have inspired me to pick this uh,
2: movie today. Just go. this is what you can get if you if you leave reviews. You might be able to inspire us. So. I like to think that that these people that write these reviews because they're from a long time ago, you know. Like we're we're trying to catch up on these reviews. Yeah, that was like three months ago. Right, and I like to think that they just don't listen anymore. They're oh, like, yeah, I, they're I thought done. that show was so great, and then two episodes in, I was like, I don't like it anymore.
4: Yep. right. I didn't hear my I didn't hear my thing. So whatever, come yep. out. Yep.
2: Thank you, Jen. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, hook us up with reviews. We love it so much. You can also call us and leave us a voicemail. You know, let out that anger, frustration. Tell us how much you love us. Uh, we got a new voicemail for you. You can call us at 319-804-9596. 96. Let's hear today's voicemail. Yeah, penetrate yeah, our wow. brains.
3: Yeah.
1: Yo, crew. New listener. Loved you Loved you guys throughout, throughout this whole pandemic. Watched, Listened to every single episode with, 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 within, within a week. My name is Mike. Biggest one that touched me was was most of the Ninja Turtles, uh, Power Rangers, big, big martial arts, nineties nineties kid fan here. Hell
3: yeah!
1: And after listening to every single one, it, it got me to go to go back and re relook at all the small spots that you just I didn't notice. For, like for example, one one of the, after after listening to the, you guys talk about Ninja Turtles, I, I I went and watched Ninja Turtles too. I, I want to point out. The parts where the foot goes to steal to steal the, the ooze, they they actually got and stole the ooze, but yet they still stuck around and fought and fought the turtles. Like
3: <laughs> idiots! That's
1: a huge plot You already had what you wanted. Why 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 did they just why did they, they they just leave and avoid the conflict whatsoever? And then the turtles would not know what would happen. <laughs> Biggest <laughs> plot hole ever. <laughs> but you guys make my my, my my week every single time. Love the mini fights. Like, like, like love the full reviews. I can't, I, can't, I, can't, I can't wait for you guys to, t- to tackle my more, like, more stuff. I'm dying for you guys to talk about Jurassic Park. I can't, can't ho- hopefully, hopefully that's in the future. I hope it's in th- the future, th- too, th- thanks,
2: man. <laughs> I hope we do Jurassic Park. Just kidding. We already did. Go back <laughs> and listen to it. See what I mean? It takes a while to get it through some these. takes time. So if you have called 319-804-9596 96. and you haven't heard your voicemail yet, it's coming. It's coming. It just yeah. takes a Dude, little while.
4: Thanks yeah. a bunch, man. That's awesome. I never noticed that about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 either. Uh, And I did watch that uh, directly after we reviewed the first one, and I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, (laughs) that's kind of weird. Exactly. I mean, hey, you know, Stumbly Bumblies, Humanized (laughs) Lagoons. That's what we do, man. Yeah, they, try, try and take out the monsters before you leave. You know, get two birds with one stone. That's right. <laughs> get two birds stoned at once,
0: you that, know. That, that goons temp agency. You know, they can't always provide winners
4: to, <laughs> to, to the foot clan. All right? Did they <laughs> say
2: steal the ooze or did they say beat up the turtles and steal the ooze? <laughs> yeah. I think that's what they said. <laughs> I was
4: specifically told to kill the turtles.
2: <laughs> I don't know about you. <laughs> well, we love you guys. Thank you for leaving a voicemail. And last but not least, one final way to support us. Uh, we got a Patreon. Patreon.com slash Confused Breakfast. We have amazing perks for everybody up there, voting on upcoming movies, access to weekly episodes that we record just for Patreon members. There are over six hours of audio on there just waiting for you. Wow. You log in, patreon.com, Confused Breakfast, and you listen to it. Uh, but we've got some super special people to talk about our Patreon. Our top tier members, Dane, Joel, Tony B, Jordan, Nick Marula, Alicia, Camden Griffith, Francisco Rivera, Cameron J, Kirlana, Big Big Andy, Bud Larson, Anita Rich. Richard, Travis Hunziker, mm-hmm. Brian Hernandez, Nick Fulkerson, Cale James, Senior Frog, Mr. and Mrs. Roommate, Greg Jackson, Jason Davis, Daniel Skaggs, Emilio Perez, Skyler Brunson, Jordan Hooten, Brennan Meisner, Willie Cox the Third, Janelle Lewis, Joseph Thomas, Doctor Daddy, Marshall G, Riker Garrison, Mitchell Kavanaugh, Ryan Carlton, and O Pete. <laughs> We're Breathe. Can we hire that dude from Micro Machines commercials to read the names off? Because guys, this is hard.
4: We actually might be
2: able to. Okay, I'm, oh. we're going to try to find a way to hire someone to read that really quickly in Jesus, Micro Machines. Baby Jesus willing if <laughs> he is still alive. Yeah. But yeah. Oh man. Good Lord. Well, thank you guys. Thank Those are our so top much. tier Patreon members. But boys. I think it's time to introduce today's movie. On this episode, we're gonna discuss one of the quintessential coming-of-age movies ever made, a movie that was about kids, but meant for adults. That special time of your life where you don't realize you are inside of a pivotal moment until it's too late. For some, it's the last real taste of innocence and the first real taste of life. But for everyone, it's the time that memories are made. Mm -hmm. We're, of course, talking about 1986, Stand By Me. Uh-huh. But for those of you looking to get a refresher on the movie real quick, feel free to pause this episode and give it a watch. Unfortunately, unless you guys know any different, I was only able to find it for free with a Roku subscription, and even that had commercials in it. So, oh, gotcha. I don't really think there's uh, any free streaming devices no, out there. Don't but think so. Four I, bucks. You, you should just buy that shit because yeah. yeah. it's worth it. Yeah,
0: I had to. I had to, I had to spend. 3 twice on Amazon <laughs> Prime. I should have just bought it for 12 Yeah, Should have
2: just bought it, man. I'm an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Sean. So let we're, we're beginning our deep dive into Stand By Me. Time to start Sean's segment. He's going to hook us up with all the pertinent information, background info that we need to know in this movie. Sean, what you got, buddy? Here's what I got. Produced by Bruce Evans, Reynold Gideon,
4: okay. and Andrew Scheinman. Casting by Janet Hirschson. Hershenson <laughs> and James Jenkins, Stop it. edited by Robert Layton, <laughs> cinematography by Thomas Del Ruth, music by Jack Nietzsche or Jack Niche. This is Nietzsche. Nietzsche like, niche like or the, Niche, like you know lavish, something like, like that. Like the philosopher, like the Laphasolaurus. Laphasolaurus.
0: <laughs> <La-fossifler>.
4: Screenplay by <laughs> Reynold Gideon and Bruce Evans, based off of the novella by Stephen King himself. Directed by Rob Reiner, starring Will Wheaton, River Phoenix, K- Corey Feldman, Jerry O'Connell, Kiefer Sutherland. Casey Samasco, Richard Dreyfuss, and John Cusack, and Kent
2: Luttrell as Ray Brower, the dead body. Hey, you said that wrong. It's Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. There you go. Just making Excuse sure you got Huitin. that right. Got it. You Huitin. say everything else wrong. I figured you'd say that one wrong. Yeah, well,
4: <laughs> that's the one I know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Adapted by the Stephen King novella uh, entitled The Body, Bruce Evans sent a copy of the story to writing partner Reynolds. Reynolds. It's spelled Reynold. I know. Gideon. It's okay, it's man. Probably Gideon Reynold, and I Evans guess. became massive fans of the novella and quickly got in contact with King's agent to secure the rights. Initially, the writers wanted Adrian Lin, an Indecent Proposal, Jacob's Ladder, Flashdance, and Fatal Attraction he all directed. Um, but Lynn wanted a break after making Nine and a Half Weeks, which I'm sure it actually probably took Nine and a Half Weeks to make that movie. Um, they found director Rob Reiner, who was coming off of comedies like This is Spinal Tap, and The Sure Thing, which we will cover, probably both of those. Mm. Reiner con- kind of made the project a personal project to himself. He uh, read the script but made little changes here and there. He kind of wanted Gordo to be the main character, and he wasn't in the, in the original draft. Um, after being tossed around from production company to production company, the distribution rights landed on Columbia Pictures, although they wanted a more approachable title than The Body. Uh, so they come up with "Stand by Me," and Rob Rob Reiner's like, "I just like that song, so let's just go with probably, it." Probably,
2: probably a good move, right? Yeah,
3: yeah.
4: Casting the four main boys was actually sort of an easy process. Rob Browner interviewed seventy kids out of three hundred auditions. The boys kind of played parts, uh, played their parts like they play like, like they acted acted in real life. Uh, so. You know, uh, Will Wheaton was kind of the more timid, quiet one. And uh, Chris or, or uh, River Phoenix was kind of the more uh, over overbearing kind bad of boy. Uh, uh, sure. bad boy leader type yep. kind of. Uh, let's see here. Sean Astin, Stephen Dorff, and Ethan Hawke were all considered for the role of Gordy LaChance. I mean, wow. yeah. I'm kind of into all those. Yeah. I can see that. Principal photography began June seventeenth, 1985, and the film shot mostly in Brownsville, Oregon for the fictional town of Castle Rock. The railroad bridge scene was shot on McLeod River Railroad above Lake Britain in California. So two locations. That's all they had yeah. to deal with. Sweet. The film wrapped up in late August 1985, released on August 22nd, and made $3.8 million on its first weekend, and $52 million worldwide, and on a budget of $8 million. it was nominated for Best Adapted
2: Screenplay, but did not win. Mm. Damn. Yeah. All right, dude. That's it. Okay, wow. so so before we dive deep, we always like to talk about uh, the insight to what we thought the first time we saw this movie, because that's what we're always battling, right? The nostalgia of childhood versus what this movie really is. Right, so, right. So, AJ, what did you like, tell us about the first time you saw it, uh, when you saw it, what you gave it a rating of, all that fun stuff. Man, first time I
0: saw this, it was on TV, and I was watching it on my little TV uh, in my room. And there's always something about watching it on a tube TV that it like adds the nostalgia factor in even more. Oh yeah, like the it's not clean and it's fuzzy and on this. St- <laughs> there's certain
4: movies that I like watching on VHS yeah. specifically because of that.
0: Yeah. So, but it was definitely on TNT and getting interrupted with commercials, and it was a TV edit of it though. Mm-hmm. So, um, finally, finally being able to see it, like uh, I think then I finally saw the full unedited version, like on DVD. If I'm going off of that, like, I'm, I really enjoyed it. Like, I was still a young kid. Um, I really enjoyed the movie. There are parts of it that would just hit home for me and parts that, like, grossed me out, though, too, which I'm sure we'll get to, and kind of freak you out. I'm going to tell you guys that there's a lot of points in this that I really thought were going to be a bigger problem in my life. And <laughs> kind of spooky. And uh, we'll get there. but But, yeah, so. Dogs. <laughs> Yeah, you know, first the first time seeing it, I, I still really enjoyed it, but it was not like some wow factor. I don't think this is like wow. a really solid seven
4: point
2: three. Nice. What about you, Sean?
4: Um, I think I saw this on. I think we taped it off a TV or something like that. And I remember the first image I ever saw. It wasn't rewound yet, and it was the kid's dead face staring up into <laughs> oh the sky. Oh my <laughs> god! So that that image, seeing that for the first time, is burnt into my retinas forever. <laughs> And just when I watch the movie, it just it just aligns with the universe and my retinas, and it's just I I I go into like an ethereal kind of place. But I liked it. Um, it's it's I cool. Movie. It. I liked I liked all the kids. Like I like Sandlot so much. So um,
2: yeah, I, I would probably give it a six point five. Six point five. 8. All right. Okay. So I I definitely did not ever rent this movie. I, it had to have been been a TV thing, mm-hmm. and like I, it was always in pieces, which is why yeah. I think it was television. I never. It was always the train scene or the leeches. Like no matter <laughs> yeah. what, when I turn it on television, and those are frightening scenes. Terrifying. As a young boy. Um. I definitely never connected with this movie right off the bat. Mm. I, I didn't understand it. I didn't get it. Nothing happened. I'm just like, this is dumb. So, from my first original thoughts of this movie, I was probably a four. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I just uh, it just didn't do it for me back in the day. Gotcha. But yeah. that's why we talk about that, and then we talk about now. Yeah, we'll see that's how right. that compares. We'll see how that changes. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, but before if we, at all, it may not. Maybe I'll be a four. You yeah. never know. But before we get into that full blown film review with a modern eye, AJ always does some research for us, helps us out with those ratings and reviews from the critics. What do mm. we got,
0: dude? It's that time again, guys, where uh, we go to our favorite place on the internet to yeah. secure the best percentages I know, I of know. movies. It's called Toma- the
4: Tomato Tomato Meter. The Tomato Meter. Okay. <laughs> All right.
0: Wow, you guys, you just can't follow cues. I, you didn't give one, AJ. I get yeah, you, it.
4: Anyways, you counted off with your eyes. One, How am I
0: supposed to It's Morse code, man. Um, <laughs> 91, 91% on the tomato meter. Certified fresh that for That's critics, me. right? That is critical reviews. Um, and so, yeah, certified fresh, 91%. Moving over to audience score, though, uh, is 94%.
2: Damn, That's very yeah. similar to last to Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park was 92 91. This is 91 94. That's wow. fairly wow. rare that they stick right in that in that same yeah. feeling, you know? Everyone's totally. got the same thoughts about it. So then can I take a guess then? IMDB? IMDB, yeah. 8.2. Okay, Sean. I'm going
4: to go I'm going to go
0: 8.5. 8.1. That's the same very close. as
2: Jurassic Park.
0: Um yeah, eight point one. Metascore is a seventy-five, but eight point one for IMDb. Oh, yeah, that's the
4: one um, where we can't get out of the sevens. Yeah, oh, yeah. I forgot. Yeah,
2: and now we're in the. That's two in a row. That's in the two eights. in a row in the eight. I, I
4: sleep every time AJ starts to <laughs> say. Yeah, that's. I'm sorry, I'm so boring. <laughs> Just kidding.
2: Uh, <laughs> used to be our favorite. <laughs> yeah, I suck at
0: this. Uh, eight point one on IMDb. Um, Three hundred seventy-seven thousand people review this on there and we're going to read every single end, one and we're going to go starting <laughs> with number 1. Now, um I'll give you I'll give you a good one from the critics, okay? The critics uh this is from the Telegraph. Stand by me 100 out of 100. Stand nice. by me is one of those films that stands up to the test of time. It may never top Any critics films of the century list, like Citizen Kane or Raging Bull, but it has a charm and depth that seems to resonate with each generation. Mm -hmm. I think that's valid. Cool. Uh, The New York Times, however, whoever reviewed it from there, gave it a 40 out of 100. Wow. Uh, Some of their horsing around 1950-ish style is comical, but too much of what they do is only too plainly imposed by the movie makers. Rob Reiner's direction hammers in every obvious element in an obvious script.
4: Okay. Okay.
0: Okay. Thank you for that. There it is. Thanks, New York Times. Um, I, I was trying to find, uh, like, kind of good and bad. Just to do a little bit of contrast here, but I wanted to see what somebody in the middle thought of this. Cool. So I was like, I was like, all right, sounds good. So this is a five out of ten. They
4: Cli- only stood by each other for like ten minutes. Yeah,
0: <laughs> this doesn't even make sense. It's unrealistic. Uh, <laughs> uh, five out of ten, cliched and pointless. Uh, December twenty seventh of two thousand and eight. Uh, they say. Four boys go in search of a dead body, but it becomes a journey of discovery about themselves. The premise of the story, based on a King novella, is stupid and generally uninteresting, and, and the execution is cliched. Reiner seems un- unsure of where he wants to go with the film. It just rambles on pointlessly. There is an irrelevant interlude about a pie-eating contest filled with gross puking scenes. The characters are either stereotypes, the teens, or cartoon-like, the parents and other adults, uh, the big emotional scenes are corny and forced. The framing device, where the story is related in flashbacks, is meant to be poignant, but it just falls flat.
2: Hmm. Five
0: out of ten. That's a five out of ten. Okay. Five out of ten, like in those middle places, it's where people like really do want to try to try their best. I think. <laughs> yeah. And try to seem it's not interesting. Like-
2: Everyone knows you can't hear a train if you put your ear on the tracks. One out of ten. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not that. You're right. It's not the cartoon review. It's right. the like, I'm trying to be serious I, here, I'm, tr- I'm trying to take it seriously, but
0: you know what? This is my honest opinion, and I appreciate you trying, but you're still wrong. Uh, so I, here, here I'll finish it up. One out of ten. Damn. Very disappointing for a best 182 film. I don't know what that means. What, what Does that, that mean, that, Sean? That mean something, no Sean? All right. Okay. Doesn't even mean anything to Sean Pryor, so he's already <laughs> off to a bad start.
4: <laughs> not a lot of things. mean uh,
0: However, this was again on February fourteenth, twenty sixteen. He had a must have, a, just a terrible Valentine's that's a tough Day. year. Tough <laughs> year, <laughs> that's, dude. What is going that's on. tough year. So this is Justin Case the uh, third. Justin
2: Case, there's that's not his <laughs> name,
0: <laughs> but it's spelled C A I S E. So I don't know. Maybe. No, he's he's just trying. Warning: spoilers. <laughs> if, if you if you're coming. <laughs> I hate it. You came here before you saw the movie. Don't do it. Don't do it. (laughs) Uh, So, Justin Case said this. I cannot believe this film is so highly rated. A terrific disappointment. It is impossible and unrealistic, but not presented as fantasy. The dialogue for 12-year-olds is corny and stupid at times, or else ridiculously adult and philosophical. It is, for the most part, poorly acted, predictable and badly directed. Kids in Oregon in the 50s didn't behave like New York hoodlums. The cheesy ending, telling what happened to his friends, was a cop-out, and there was no resolution of the threat from the Cobra's leader. There was also no re- resolution of Gordy's problems with his father and dead brother, either. Altogether boring and a waste of time.
4: Maybe that's not what it's about whatsoever. I don't know. Maybe you just missed the point there. I don't know. <laughs>
2: I, th- I feel like you just missed the point. I've even, dudes, even in movies like Lord of the Rings that are 14 hours long director's cuts, you still don't know, like, yeah. well, what what happened after that? Yeah. Like, well, you still never fucking know what happened. What happened to the to the Smaug, man? Smaug. What happened to
4: Smaug? It's like, no. It doesn't matter. I don't even know it. I don't even know if they show it. That's might be a bad example.
0: Idiots, dude. Yeah. So people just try and forcing their way through like a negative review and just like like it just half the time it just doesn't make sense they just aren't paying attention i feel like they were looking at their phones most of the time and then looked up they're like i don't know what's going on i don't get it my my opinion on this is that means this guy has got to be like in his 60s or 70s reviewing on imdb and because he's he's calling things in the fi- in Oregon in the fifties unrealistic, as if he was there, as if he yeah, time yeah, traveled. That's very true. And that's that's one of my big upsets. Like, it's on. like, well, I've seen black and white photos, and they didn't look
2: like that. And it's like, <laughs> well, not too bad. I don't know what to tell you, man. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So that's my only thing. God. All right, well thanks AJ But before we get started here on a scene by scene analysis I want to tell you about a cool experience that we all had last weekend Many of you know our sponsor Cedar Ridge Distillery We've been talking about them for months here They're located in our backyard here in Iowa And not only do they distill the best whiskey But they have a physical location that you can visit and eat and drink at We all decided to go there last weekend to celebrate as a group Hit some big milestones Why don't we just go sit down We had some unreal wood-fired pizza from those guys like probably one of the best pizzas I've ever had in my that entire life. Whatever that meat one was. Yeah. yeah. The meat uh, one. I think that's what it's called. It's just like, called
0: the meat the one. The meat one.
2: Sean and I got some old fashions with the flagship bourbon. You bet. Perfection. I had like four of those. oh. Then AJ decides to get the old whiskey sour, which they use their wheat whiskey in. He let me try it, and that was tasty. So yes. we got a few of those. We even then decided to make New York sours. Correct. Which you pour red wine over the top of that and float it on top. Correct. Had about two or three of two those. (laughs) Then we enjoyed the rest of the beautiful evening Sipping a bottle of wine on the patio outdoors Had a couple of those Point of the story is that we practice what we preach here at the Confused Breakfast. Cedar Ridge Distillery is truly one of the best whiskeys, and the fact that they help us support our podcast should be enough to get all of our listeners to try a bottle. If you're in the Midwest, go grab some at your local stores and distributors. Think about a trip to see them in person. Take the tour. If you can't find it, go to cedarridgewhiskey.com. Order a bottle straight to your door. Do it. You won't be sorry. Uh, Make sure to enjoy that responsibly. We definitely enjoyed it responsibly. We (laughs) did not drive vehicles. (laughs) Right which is very important that we did not drive vehicles. <laughs> right. my, only,
4: my only disappointment of the night is that we didn't dip into that Slipknot cask at know, all. But I, uh, I wanted to really bad. R.I.P. Joe.
2: <sighs> yeah, yeah, definitely now after that, we needed to do that. So, And hook us up with the, uh, a voicemail or a, a text or a message. Let us know that you ordered it, how much you loved it. We would love to pass that on to those beautiful people at CedarRidgeWhiskey.com. 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 Well, boys, what do you say we pop on some music from Ben E. King, grab our sleeping bags, supplies and hair combs, practice our leech removal and meet up with our friends to go on the adventure of a lifetime. A couple of those things, yes. <laughs> Better put your ear to the tracks because this episode is coming right at you. Here we go.
4: When the night has come and the land is dark and the moon is the only light we'll see.
2: No, Gordy LeChance sits in his car reading the headline of a newspaper article about a man who had been stabbed to death. He is overcome with a wave of nostalgia and begins to narrate the story of when he was 12 years old. The story begins in 1959. Gordy is hanging out with his friends Chris Chambers and Teddy Duchamp. Vern Tessio joins the group and tells them that he overheard his older brother Billy discussing the location of the body of Ray Brower, a kid who had recently gone missing. Gordy and the others decide to go find the body and accept recognition as local heroes. All right? Do you guys think Richard Dreyfuss looks the same age in every movie? Yes.
0: <laughs> I, I will say this. Um, Richard Dreyfuss sans beard looks like an unfinished drawing. <laughs> that, that's, that's what I think. He, it is strange. It is so strange. His mouth requires facial hair.
2: I think so. Anyways. How old do you think he was in that movie when he filmed it? Because uh, I looked this up. I had to know. Because he just okay. always seems the same age. Yeah, go ahead. He always seems very I, old. No guesses? I think 38. Damn, bro. Mm. He not Th- he nailed it, didn't he? 38. Oh, you're yeah. serious? I did not know that. So <laughs> fucking. I, like, old guess. I would I would have said like 54 or really? something. He just he just seems like this old wise man, but yeah. he's just he was 30 and he had already Richard Dreyfuss had already gone through what like Jaws and American Graffiti oh, yeah. and he was a pretty well-known <laughs> big name at this point wasn't he Definitely I think he did My Girl before this too maybe maybe
4: it came out a little bit after a little bit before or something but uh I think I think he won an Oscar for that so he's already like pretty well established and to just be like the narrator of the movie which they they went through two other people Yeah I forget their names but they and they they did film a portion of it with one of those actors, it just wasn't right. working out for some reason, and so uh, uh, Rob Reiner and Richard Dreyfuss were like high school buddies or college buddies yeah. or something like that. And he's like, "Hey, want to come do a movie real quick?" And I dig it. He's got a great voice for this. It he does. Works I, I agree very,
3: very
2: well. I agree. Very soothing.
4: Yes. Yeah. They they set this up so quick, like, and it's it's <laughs> it's like it, the whole setup is so efficient and, and and immediate. The kids are established, and you're kind of you kind of know the dynamic right off the bat, and the whole plot. Is set up within the first ten minutes, and like even before that. Like, yeah, I was I was kind of shocked of how like immediate and efficient like the story is just placed in front of you. Like, you we're not even with the kids for I don't know six minutes, and they're already talking about the dead body. You know, as soon as Vern gets there, that really and, and that, that completes the four of them. Yeah, right? you know, so it's it's just like so quick. I was I was like, whoa! I forgot how quick this movie moves. They they play out so well,
0: and I I love his explanation of each each person as they come into the cabin, mm-hmm. or as they as they kind of show each person. Um, talks a little bit about him, but it, then it, you get yeah, you know, Chris is the leader of our group, and Teddy's the the craziest guy we ever knew, basically. And they they've got a good shot of him doing his laugh and yeah. like smoking his <laughs>
3: cigarette,
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, and, and then you see his ear and stuff, and like. I um,
2: never noticed that as a kid. Yeah, never. no. Never noticed I'd that. I did never notice that as a kid either.
0: I-, I always I never looked at it because later on, you know, they it gets mentioned and he kind of like turns his head to kind of like, you know, mm. like he's acknowledging it, and I'm like, I still can't really see it. Yeah. But then you have Vern, who's obviously like the guy that they pick on, and it's it's hilarious because their dynamic really does seem genuine. Yeah. And it and they feel they, It feels like the kids are trying to... They do what they do. What boys that age do. They try to act older than they are. Yep. You know what I mean? So inside this acting, they have to actually act like they're old... Like those kids who want to act older than they are, you know? And then picking on Vern is just like so natural to them. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like... <laughs> Just like I, I love how they bait him into everything, and they're like, they're like, I ran all the way home, <laughs> and, then, and then they're like, okay, 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 fine, we're we're over. Go ahead, man. I ran all, all the way. It's so, okay. No, and then they're like, fine, screw you guys. I won't even tell you. He's like, no, go ahead, Verno. Tell, What's up? He's like, okay, story. so <laughs> like,
2: he really wants to tell him. So this this has to be a nod to Goonies, right? Right. It's literally the same intro. Where the the portly fat kid is so excited and has something to say, but everybody's making fun of him, oh and he's like God, yeah. the most amazing thing ever. You guys, I have to tell you about this. I mean, <laughs> Goonies was 90, 85. This is eighty six. Like well, that's mm-hmm. that's almost identical, right mm-hmm. there. That scene is. Yep. Come on, let me in. I gotta tell you about this. I, come on, I got.
0: I, gotta, I, for, I for, It gets the knocker, I think, or something. Yeah, doesn't doesn't even, even do the knock right. Doesn't do the
2: knock. <laughs> Yeah. It's Come on, guys, good. open up. Vern, Vern. Yeah, I think he even goes, it's Vern. Yeah. <laughs> it's chunk. I,
4: I love their whole dynamic and everything. And I love I love the whole setup where he where Vern is like eavesdropping on his brother and, and his goon friend. Uh <laughs> Them telling like how they found the dead body and, and stuff like that, and they just kind of want to keep it under wraps. But he's like digging up his pennies and <laughs> trying to find his pennies. Trying, trying to find his penny. pennies. <laughs> uh, by the way, sincerely, the I haven't found my pennies yet. Sincerely. sincerely. <laughs> and he's
0: like, uh, he, I actually, uh, him trying to find his pennies in the, in the line, I haven't found my pennies yet. <laughs> that is a, that is, I used that line as the, the title of a song. That I mean, that seriously? I it's, and it's called I Haven't Found My Pennies Yet
2: that's a nod right there <laughs> Yeah, man. go look up that hit that hit <laughs>
3: just type in I Haven't Found My Pennies Yet yeah. and you'll find it <laughs>
2: there you go <laughs> what okay so question for you what kid were you at that age at age 12 which kid were you and you're allowed to have combos if you want
4: yeah I was probably Gordy you think so
2: yeah um, uh, the Sensitive, the sensitive creative yeah, kid, kind the, of.
4: Gordy and uh, Vern, and uh, like a little bit of Vern.
2: Yeah. What Mostly Gordy. What about
0: you, man? Probably a mix of, of Vern and Chris. Okay. Actually, which I know is an odd thing, but there were times like I really felt like a, a leader, like I had, I, w- I yeah. wanted to make a decision or something. But then again, I'm also a younger brother and I was a lot uh, tagging along a lot. So depending on the group or the dynamic I was in, that's kinda how it would flow. If I was among friends, might have been more of a Chris. If I was among my okay. old brothers and their friends, might have been more of a Verno man.
2: Actually, that's very true. Like I, I was I probably had a little bit of all of them in, but right? it depended yeah. on the situation. Yeah. yeah. And maybe that's what's so perfect about this is they're they're stereotyping these types of kids, but like no one you know was exactly that kid. Mm-hmm. Everybody right. had these different moments of 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 who they were and like depending on the situation. Yeah, it's it's like it kind of goes back to when we talked about the
0: breakfast club. I think everyone tries to define Dude, who they are God. or or try to assimilate with one and then I think the big thing is like I think we said at one point or at least we said afterwards, you kind of find out you're you're really a, a little bit of everyone, yeah. you know, in your life. You're
2: not a stereotype. Yeah. You're just like who you are correct and you you don't fit into a mold right
0: and it's good to have these characters who are dynamic enough though in in different ways
4: it's like us being a podcast a trinity if you could like if you would if you would um Maybe adding a fourth person wouldn't work, you know, maybe taking away one wouldn't work or something like right. that. But then, like, you think of things like that probably were inspired by this, like South Park, the four boys, you know, yeah, like, the four main ones. Like, right. who? which one of those are you? You know, are you the fucking obnoxious Cartman or, <laughs> you know, it's it's that yeah. whole thing. And to f- for them, for these actors to fill these characters out so fully, it's their performance in Rob Reiner's direction where it's just like, yeah, I mean, they nailed it. They,
2: there's yeah. so much to take from, from each of them, you know? Yeah. Did you feel, though, on rewatch, it was so amazing how deep and three-dimensional these characters were and how they had these undertones and their hard exteriors or whatever, but they were different on the inside and they had their moments where they broke down. Vern was two-dimensional completely on this rewatch. <laughs> like, yeah. he never offers anything of, of like, emotional substance right he, he doesn't he doesn't have this crazy backstory or he doesn't no. like become a huge protect like a, a guy that changes the script around with something right. that he does he's just the guy he brought the comb that's he brought the comb. <laughs> that's
4: that's that's kind of what I, the point i'm going to bring up right now okay. just like
2: yeah i think you're right he is more two-dimensional and
4: everything but i think you could argue the thing that he does offer is just like the when things get serious there's always Vern coming in to say something and being like shit's you know shit's not that serious that's true okay you know just kind of bringing everything down he's not doing it on purpose like he's not being like hey the guys this is my purpose like how about things aren't aren't as serious as they seem he's like saying stupid shit and they're just because he's because he doesn't know yeah and he's so affable so he's like let's just live life affably (laughs) right he is
0: okay he's almost oblivious to the world yeah that's it right there yeah Totally. Totally. (laughs) My my moving into that though, and they come up with this plot really quick, like you said, like it starts to move really fast. Or like, no, this it makes sense. Like, um, Vern, we'll just do exactly what you said. We'll all say that we're going to stay out at your place. (laughs) You say that you're going over to Teddy's, and then the next day we're going to go to the races, the racetrack thing or whatever. And like, we'll be good till. And like, like I'm in, I'm in. Let's do it, Vern. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, it was your damn idea, bro. You brought it to You us. brought it up. And he's like, why well, are you backing out now? And then my, f- like, well,
4: my, come on, Verno. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I don't know about this. Sincerely.
2: Sincerely. Sincerely. <laughs> no, sincerely. <laughs> All right, so let's move this party along. Come morning, Gordy goes to fetch his canteen in his older brother's room. We learn that his older brother, Denny, has passed away a few months ago, and his mother and father have not taken it well. Gordy meets Chris in town, and after messing around with Chris's gun, they have a run-in with a few members of a gang led by Ace Merrill. Gordy and Chris meet up with Teddy and Vern at the train tracks and start their journey. A few hours in, while counting their money to buy provisions, Teddy intends to dodge an oncoming train. Chris, however, pulls him off before the stunt can be performed. Okay, so I just want to
4: say, like, so this is where uh, John Cusack comes in as the brother Denny. And he's sort of like the football star, and like the parents are like kind of banking on him to like be the one. And like he's he's, he's
2: seeing get a, us out of this town. He's got some good
4: friends. He's seeing a good girl, you know. Yeah. Um.
2: But it's he's never got a swell gal. He's just he's got a swell I think gal. She is a swell. <laughs> Take gal. her to the
4: ball. <laughs> um. It's never a good thing when you walk into I don't know someone's room and it's the dead brother's uh, still yeah. intact. Still. room. room. Oh boy, it's not good. <laughs> it's not good, and they're just so dejected. That, like these parents, like th- they play that off really good, and you really uh, see how that affects Gordy so so well in this movie. Um, they are just not. They're just dejected from everything and, and not paying attention to him whatsoever. It's like yeah. you, everyone grieves differently, but you can't just fucking give up like that. And it really makes me sad. <laughs>
2: Dude, it, it it I hate it. It seems to happen in movies all the time. Like I understand your your son dies, you're gonna be you're gonna be having some trouble here. This mm-hmm. is not good. You're not supposed to watch a kid die. No. But I fucking hate how movies they there's always this like we we hate you though kid it should it should have been you who died wrong kid died (laughs) yeah maybe (laughs) maybe, dude maybe i fucking had a a sheltered life or whatever but i just don't i can't see any parent that i know being like yeah it should have been you blah 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 fuck you dumb kid you just like why can't you be more like your brother yes i don't see anyone saying that like yeah if that had happened in my family, uh, like if, if I had died, they wouldn't have said that to my brother. <laughs> they yeah. would have been like, "Well, you're all I got kid. We got to get through this together." Yeah,
4: they, they seem a little bit more like staunchly um, traditional parents, like in the back in the 1950s and everything like that. Like your spo- life's supposed to be lived a certain way. You're not supposed to do art. You're going yeah, to yeah. supposed to learn a trade or fucking play, play football. football. You know?
0: Yeah. Uh, he's when he when his dad comes up, he's like, "You found it." He's like, oh yeah, I fi- yeah. He's like, and he closes the door, and he's just like, out of. Why can't you have friends like Denny's? And he's just like, Why don't Come you on. shut the fuck up. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. How <laughs> about you? How about you eat my ass, old man? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but <it's> like, <laughs> now we got a movie, dude. Oh, yeah, that's right. Now it gets interesting. <laughs> no, he's, he's just like, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> uh, he's like. He he says, he's like, Dad, they're not that bad. He's like, Oh, sure, a thief and two (laughs) phoebes. It's like, he says, and I had to look it up, <laughs> it, like like this must have been like a, a slang term back in the day. Oh, or yeah, something. What a, yeah, like and swell. It's, <laughs> it's kind of, yeah, exactly. And it's kind of it's on the play of like a derogatory like I- enactment of of feeble, like okay, feeble minded, gotcha, gotcha. so like stupid or like uh, incompetent, basically. And like like they're never gonna go anywhere. And so
4: it's like so he he's just said feebs, I'm just like what in his mind he's got <laughs> he's got that video playing of of all that all of those dudes being like oh.
3: That's <laughs> yeah, right, it just dropped. Fucking it.
2: burned. It. Bam. So so Mr. LaChance is played by Marshall Bell. Uh-huh. Yeah. And like he is so recognizable mm-hmm. as a B list actor. I knew I knew I knew him, but I knew none of the movies he was in. Like in <laughs> and, and I looked him up, of course, in tons of movies. For me, after looking back and realizing what he was in, most notably, he was is Carl Mace. He was the cop from Airheads who's on the phone yeah. with Michael oh, Richards' character yes. talking about his wife, oh, like, man. leaving him like <laughs> yeah. that. that. was where my mind immediately went with him. And then Mrs. Lachance, did you recognize her? I uh-huh. did recognize her, but I don't know what from. Same thing. Like, she, she. her Air name's uh, Francis. <laughs> yeah, she was his wife in Airheads. No, Francis Lee McCain. She was not in a ton of stuff, but the one that I was most notable of was, she was Stella Baines. Uh, Lorraine Baines's mom in Back to the Future oh, when he goes back oh, wow. into the past, like oh, Stella. Oh yeah, come on, another hit one of these damn kids with a car, Stella. <laughs> uh, yeah,
4: I don't now, know. Now Marty, I, I should know, probably Marty. call your
2: mom. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
0: I feel like you're our responsibility now. <laughs> I should call your mother. Call your mother. Do I know your
2: mother? <laughs> I think you do. I think you probably do. Well, that I should her. give
0: her a call.
4: That was her. That was her. Damn, damn. Hey, Just wow. Lee McCain. I, I love when. Uh, uh, he meets up with Chris again. He's got the gun. He shows him the gun, everything like that. Oh, man. He's like, "It's, it's not loaded." He shoots it. And like Jesus.
2: Their fucking Dude. is so good. Oh Unbelievable acting. Because like the, when they yell Jesus, their face is like they really <laughs> shot a gun. It yeah. was awesome. Yeah.
4: Jesus! I wonder if that was a touch or something like that. Like they just put a blank in there and didn't tell them or something. I don't oh know if man. they could have done that, I like as kids, but maybe. It's, uh, then you get the. I, so,
0: okay, there's a lot of. In this movie, there's a lot of like Mandela effect. You guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Where you remember things differently and you go. It's like the Berenstein Bears. Uh, yeah. Title book instead of, instead of Beren, Berenstein, it's Berenstein or whatever Berenstein or Berenstain Berenstein, yeah we Stein. can't do this okay we're gonna do it and we're going and so there's a lot of things in this movie that I feel like that and I'll, I'll I'll try to mention them as we go along one of the things I feel like I remember the lady who comes out hey who's lighting cherry bombs out here oh yeah I remember her being a lot older okay it's really weird I know it's and I know these are small things but like I remember her being older and then you look at her and she's like a young lady is yeah. it because we're old now. Maybe, maybe she was old to you back if then. She was, and now you're like, I'm the same age as her. You're so right. she can't be old. Time goes on; they stay the same age. <laughs>
4: <laughs> That's the magic of movies, my friend. Um, I, I, I know that if he's a kid and they're kids and they're getting they're getting bullied by Ace and everything like that, but if someone took my dead brother's hat that he gave me, like the only thing that I have him to remember me, but well, not the only thing because he's got an entire room still, but, um. <laughs> If someone took my. <laughs> Fuck. If someone took the thing that he gave me literally, yeah. I would lose my fucking yeah. mind again. I would have pulled that
0: gun on him right there. Oh my man. God, dude. Yes. Actually, you're right. Shit. Oh, dude. Hands down. So I read I, I read a, a piece that um, both characters confirmed it, although it wasn't confirmed in the movie. Um, both Keefer Sutherland and uh, Will Wheaton both said. That you never see that hat come yeah. up again mm-hmm. after he puts it on eyeball, and so part of that is he put he gives it he gives it to eyeball yeah. because he truly doesn't give a shit about anything. Yes, he just cares about picking on them, and then you never see it again because the both characters both actors confirm that they just threw it away. They went around the corner mm-hmm. not threw it in because trash he can. wanted it, but because he wanted to cause problems for Gordy and pick yeah. on them.
4: He's a true psychopath. Yeah, yeah it was a it was a. Also, a directing note by Rob Reiner, because I think uh, Kiefer Sutherland did take it and put it on himself oh, okay. at first, and then he's should like, know. no, you should
2: put it on someone else, because you don't actually give a fuck about so it. It's not good. the hat. And and there's your memories from childhood. I thought for, I was waiting for when he was going to take the hat back. Yeah. I thought for sure, like that hat's a big deal. We're going to take right. that back we at the end of the back. movie, and it never happened. Yeah. And yeah. then I read the same thing. It's like shit. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. It's, really it's
4: like it's like going. It's like a roller coaster almost. Like you're you're clicking your way up to the, to the big fall or whatever. Like that whole scene when he has his hat. I'm like the scene can't end without him getting that hat back. Or I'm going to be so fucking pissed. Yeah. And then they never It never just solidifies it. like
2: how you feel about him the entire movie. Yeah. You know. So one of the things uh, that I noticed about I love about these old movies. I call them old. I mean, I guess it's the late 50s and it wasn't even made then. But yeah. how like – maybe maybe it's because today's world is so shitty and like loyalty means nothing in today's wor- uh, world. And, and oh, your, yeah. what you say means nothing. It just it just doesn't mean that. But back in the day, it meant so much. And they really play on that. You know, like after the train dodge, mm-hmm. skin it. Like yeah. you have to yeah. do this. Right. Yeah. If you don't do this, we are like everything's messed up. Yeah, you right. have to. I am sorry. Skin my fucking hand, or else we will never be able to get back to normal. Yeah, it's like uh we we can't Well, I think he said like swear on your mo- on your mother's life. Yeah, life. yeah that, that is so they take that literally and you have
4: to do this. Yeah, we're gonna spend the next day and a half, two Just days together. Pissy. Like we can't we can't have this bad blood between us, you know. It's like,
0: g- we got we're a team. It's like when uh when he fires the gun and he says, mm-hmm. You swear. Yes. I swear, man. Pr- promise, it's promise. Like yes, you d- it's very sincere. It's very important. Pinky you know? promise. Yeah. A pr- One of the things about uh, their first, in- the first, I believe, the first encounter with uh, Ace and Eyeball, right when they take the hat. One of the things I noticed um, was they call his brother's name. Is, they call him Eyeball. Mm-hmm. And so, what, what? Kiefer Sutherland, what, what? Ace does to Chris is he flicks a cigarette and he pulls him down. And he's, he's threatening the cigarette into his eye, right? And if you look at Eyeball, he's got oh, a similar scar so? on his eye oh, wow. that looks like it was from a cigarette burn hmm. that, like, the same fucking thing that probably Ace did to him at some point of, like, going alpha on him. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? I did
4: not notice that. Either. So Damn. it's
0: almost, like, confirmed, like, he will do this yeah. to you. I thought he would. Yeah. And so, and so he, he takes it back, and he lets him up.
4: and like, Take it back. I take it back. Yeah. Ugh, what a piece of shit. Crazy, God. man. I
2: got some uh, some ace fan theories coming up in a little okay, bit. Okay, cool. Pretty, pretty, pretty happy about these. Okay.
0: <laughs> I will just say that Kiefer Sutherland is terrifying in this movie. Terrifying. I really do think he is terrifying.
2: It looks like yes. he has
4: yellow eyes, like the yeah. dude in The uh, Christmas Story. Yeah. You know? Um, I love when Vern says, I brought the comb. I, I love it. But one of my favorite lines is like, yeah, we take a shortcut. You know, go through the forest instead of going through the back roads and everything like that. Because Vern's like, we could go this way. And it, he's like, we could shave off this much time if we go through the woods, Vern. We're just going to do that. And he's like, we'll take a shortcut. That's pussy. Hey, it's a long ways.
3: <laughs> 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 yeah,
4: you, I just love the way he says Hey, it's a long yeah, way." It's a long
0: way. <laughs> <laughs> the train dodge. Like, what a weird thing. Yeah. Train
4: dodge. Dig it. Dig, Dig it. it.
0: It's such a strange thing to, like, think to do. I guess I've never thought of that as, like, a game I would want to play.
4: You guys didn't do that then? No, Fuck you no. did. We did, but, like, it wasn't, like, if it was right here when we are going to dodge it. No, we just it was stood, a quarter mile away. Exactly. We stood in front of it, and we're just like, this, we could just stay here, you know, but we got off the tracks, like, It's almost right like a, a game of away. chicken,
0: I guess. Yeah. It's like, how long will you stand there kind of a thing, you know what I mean? Maybe that's what it is, but I it, like the concept blew my mind. I didn't have any
2: train tracks near me growing oh, up, so no. like when I saw them, I was deathly frightened from th- movies <laughs> like this where it's yes. like, oh, I'm not going to walk across that. Correct. I'm not gonna, the train could come flying on over and kill me exactly. like that Ray Brower guy. Dude, that's have you right. seen Back to the Future 3? Yeah, fuck. Fuck, dude. We fuck, don't know fuck. what's going to happen.
4: We don't know. <laughs> so the money they have to go buy provisions because they didn't bring anything or whatever is...
2: $2.37. That's what it adds up to?
4: Yeah, everyone's collective money. Did you do the math on how much that actually was uh, at those times?
2: No, I did you not. You
4: son of a oh, bitch. That not. is your job. I I, I saw it, <laughs> but I didn't do it because I wanted you to. But 237, Stephen King, The Shining. Oh, shit. 237 is The Room. Actually, not in his actual book. It's 217, but Stanley
2: Kubrick is... Uh, shining is two three seven. What is the what does two three seven even stand for? It's just his passcode to his locker or something like that when he was in high school. Uh,
4: two three seven is was the room in, in
2: the shining. The the So the, that's the, the tribute to it is right. It, it.
4: it could be because King's version is two seventeen so uh, Kubrick gotcha. changed it to two three seven but this movie did come out five years before. Okay. So maybe Rob was a fan.
2: Shit, you're right man. Yeah. Who knows? Two thirty-seven. There's no way he's gonna be able to buy anything. Dude,
4: I had three dollars on me this morning, and I was like looking at <laughs> buying a monster. I'm like, I can't. <laughs> I can't, I can't even buy do a that. monster.
2: <laughs> I can't do that.
0: Two dollars and thirty-seven cents in today's uh, in today's value. Uh, is is equivalent purchasing power of about twenty four dollars and three cents. Damn, I mean that's that's cool. Yeah, so, that'll feed that'll I mean, feed them for sure. That's yeah. Not bad. Seven cents, Vern. <laughs> 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 that is probably another favorite. So what is fun. seven <laughs> cents? Like a dollar then? <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind seven, of like yeah less seven, than a dollar. It's probably no. That's probably close <laughs> to like uh, close to like almost two bucks. Okay. I mean, you know, so you collecting your
4: pennies was just like that. Would that's a good. Think if he had a that's jar a of pennies. Yeah.
0: Think he had a jar of pennies that he, was gonna be rich, he buried. Dude. That means if he's got, like, think he, if he's got 20 bucks in there, max, right? That's a lot of money. That's a, that's a lot of money.
2: All right, let's move this party along. So they soon arrive at a local junkyard that is rumored to be guarded by a ferocious dog named Chopper. However, the yard is empty and the four rest in the shade of a car hood for a few minutes while Gordy goes to retrieve food at the store on the other side. On his way back, Gordy is chased by Chopper and barely makes it over the top. After a brief confrontation with the junkyard owner, they continue on the tracks to a large bridge. While crossing, a train comes and nearly kills Vernon Gordy. Lots to unpack there. Lots,
0: lots to go with the first lots. thing. The first thing I have to mention is when they flip for who's got to go. Yes. And, and Vernon's four tails. He says four tails. Oh, that's a goocher. Goocher. <laughs> I don't like this, <laughs> sincerely. You're Tell me, like, you looked
2: up what a goocher was. I didn't because I up. know gooch as the spot between my balls. And Correct. The butt. Yeah, the oh, vanilla yeah. strip of the Neapolitan. That's a gooch. That's gooch. a taint. That's right. scranus. Is that what he's
0: talking about? It's got it like. <laughs> well, he's talking about it like it's a bad omen. Yeah, you know what I mean. Oh, like it's a goocher. Like, oh, that is a goocher. He's like. No vernal there's no such thing as a as goochers and all this other stuff you're talking about. They're trying to debunk him and everything. So you
4: wait, know? Mike, were you like with a girl one time and she was like kinda of getting down to that nether region and, and she's like, Oh, what's this? And you're like, It's a goocher.
2: <laughs> no, it's I, was a like, go- I was like, That's my <laughs> <laughs> It's
4: Scott the spot she's between my scrotum said, and still my still not enus. getting it. Still not getting it. <laughs> what else? What I don't know what that is.
2: Vanilla strip of the <laughs>
4: Neopoly. <laughs> oh, I got it. Yeah, okay, cool.
2: <laughs> so okay, so was it really a goocher? Like, did bad things happen after that happened? Right. Um, I mean,
0: they... depends not, on how you look at it. Right? Not yeah. good things, but but would it, would things have changed?
2: I I don't know. That depends on you if know. you're superstitious, right? There you go.
4: It's a fun thing to put in there and think about for sure. Absolutely, I like it. it's,
2: it's really cool because it. What is it? Four times you said, or is it four tails? Four tails. Four, four tails. So I'm guessing four heads is like a really good thing. Maybe yeah. A sloucher so A A tainter. Sl- <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> Uh, the the really cool thing for me, ever since we've been doing these movies and re-looking, like I'm, I'm thinking more about past movies we've done based on movies we're watching now. And the chopper myth versus reality yeah. is very Sandlot, right? Very much. It, where yeah. you, you just, you're telling these stories and, oh, my God, there's a giant dog and it, it, it's trained to eat your balls. And right. it turns out, no, it's just this little dog. It's just <laughs> this little dog. <laughs> like, like <laughs> he <laughs> probably actually wants to kiss you if he can actually get over that yeah. fence. Yeah, here. yeah. It's I, it's so good. I always felt bad for the dog.
0: Honestly, totally, he yeah. was in the middle of this, and then they go they go back and forth with this old guy, and like they, you know, I don't I don't feel good about either side of that conversation. No, I'm yeah. going to be honest with you guys, okay? They were being little shitheads, but at the same time, he was being an asshole. Like
2: you know what I mean? Like both sides of it. He rubbed it in deep on Corey Feldman. Yeah, and and honestly, we'll we'll probably talk about some of these actors as we move forward. But that for me was Corey Feldman's best scene. When he when they had to hold him back, Mm -hmm. yeah, holy shit, man! Like he, I felt that Mm -hmm. (laughs) he, and maybe that has to deal with the fact that this was very close to his character, and I know he had a rough childhood, and he probably channeled some deep shit for that because it felt completely real to me.
0: Every every emotion he had there, several of the of the actors felt really close to their roles, and and uh, two uh, I think in particular were. Were him and also River Phoenix, mm-hmm. like because 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 he he was like both of them like felt like really assimilated with their characters, which again speaks to the casting of they wanted yeah. it to be the way that they act, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah, that was that was an interesting thing. And yeah,
4: River Phoenix's parents were like pretty much in a cult when he was growing up, mm. it was called Children of God. So and that I mean that goes to Joaquin Phoenix as well. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Is yeah. they kind of. Had a rough kind of thing with them,
0: yeah. but
2: uh, chopper, sick balls.
0: Chopper, sick balls. <laughs> God, damn.
2: <laughs> chopper, I, sick balls. I, I, and that's Richard Dreyfuss narrating yeah, that. It's yeah. so perfect. Chopper, sick, sick balls. balls. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: what I heard. <laughs>
2: I kind of relate. We, we get a
4: flashback uh, when he goes to uh, the actual store, and the guy's yep. talking about his brother and stuff like that. Uh, You're Daniel Chance's brother. The dad is annoying as fuck. I can't stand Was Who's the actor again? Uh, Lachance's dad? Yeah. It was Marshall Bell. It's That's like, the actor's Dorothy name. Dorothy, don't talk to the boy about girls. He's got a game to focus on. I was like, dude, shut his the fuck is up. And then Danny's just like, oh, dad, did you read Gordy's story? He's really cool. He's like, yeah, yeah. So how about them yardages? You know, what, yeah. whatever the fuck. It's just he doesn't give a fuck. It's yeah. so annoying to me. But I get, like, that dynamic uh, and I'm not saying I had a childhood like similar to that at all, but I, my brother was a football player, and when I go to Family Gatherings, no one wants to talk about right. the <laughs> podcast that I do. I mean, <laughs> nowadays, they're, they're fine with it because it's... Now that we're super famous, they're <laughs> cool with it, right? Um, <laughs> but, like, the shit that I did back then, uh, like, oh, here's this drawing of a, of Artemis Fowl. I don't know.
2: <laughs> what's, your, what's your brother's name? Chris. They're like, Chris, oh, man, what a great game yesterday. Um, Sean, cool trench coat. <laughs> that's
3: exactly it yeah
4: I mean I probably scared him for sure
0: uh, but you're wearing
3: a-
4: sunglasses inside again huh <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> oh you you painted your face white and put the pro uh, painting on that's well wow. great Dude. anyway Chris <laughs> how's, how's, how's the gal of yours yeah, uh, I, I get that but it's it's like they, they hold that in such high regard especially being yeah. from small town and stuff like that yeah. it, it it is like that and you do kind of feel A little alienated, or a little separate from your brother, or like maybe not like looked as fondly upon from different family members and stuff like that. I get that whole thing a lot, and it's with with my whole deal wasn't nearly like that at all. But oh yeah, but but you
0: like that? See what they're playing off of. I I get that. It's it's really interesting because I think that those types of things are such a big. I think uh, I want to say bigger deal back in like the fifties per se because. It's not like everything was so readily accessible. You know what I mean? Like that's why, like yeah. at the beginning, they're like, "Oh, like we could probably get our picture in the paper." We that saw a this. Huge, that's that's, a that's why they're deal, doing man. all of
2: this is just to get a picture in the paper. I bet they'd pin pin a medal on you, Vern. Might even be on TV. Yeah. Oh wow! And, and that ends up being why Ace and them want to do it yeah, too. They exactly. all like that. Holy shit! We could be on like, the newspaper.
0: Like, this could this could turn into something good for us. You're like right, man. good reputation, and it, you kind of apply the same mentality of like going playing football and, like, this is something that's, like, really tangible or, like, it's a, or it's, a, it's a really special thing, you know, to go go to a good school and then playing in the big leagues and yeah. stuff mm-hmm. like that. That's, that's when this was really coming to a big deal for, like, the NFL and stuff, you know? So, yeah. yeah.
2: So we get to the train bridge, right? I mean, for me, it's the most iconic moment of this movie. Yeah. Uh, the tension is unreal because everyone knows that train's going to come. Yeah, but yet it just it just he keeps looking back. No train, mm-hmm. keeps looking it's, back. No train. It's the billowing and, of the smoke, man. Yes, and it's, and you don't see it, but you just yeah. see the smoke come around the corner. Train. I mean that that is terrifying to me. It is I, I absolutely, absolutely that. terrifying.
0: I just I really thought that trains were <laughs> going to be a bigger problem in my life because of this movie, guys. I am I am dead serious, and and especially on those like. Those like trestle tracks, like bridges, stuff like that, that you have nowhere to go but either forward or over, and you got to choose. <laughs> and, uh, oh, man, looking down... And by the way, I always felt terrible for Vern when he loses the comb. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He really thought he was doing something special. He's like, Well, I brought it for you guys. So you guys. <laughs> I don't you, have any hair. why did you even bring a comb? You don't even have any hair. Just
4: like, <laughs> I brought it for you guys. Well, I was thinking of you. You know, AJ, like, you, you do know that trains are pretty easily avoidable, though. Yeah.
2: Uh, well, you say that. It's like
4: when they. Where there's tracks, there's
2: trains. Where there's not tracks. There's not train. Good chance yeah. there's probably not a train. I don't know. Really I, good chance. I don't know, Unless man, if I, we're talking about Inception, you never I, know. I, I've, yeah. I've seen
4: Speed as well. So, God. If Keanu and Cedric are uh, involved. Yeah, be flying out of nowhere.
2: Bullshit. Man. I I used to. You know, I got a ton to say about this train scene. So I used to be so mad. Like, why did they? Why did they walk so slow across those tracks? Why run. do you not run as fast as you can? However, wow. upon rewatch, okay. What if you ran, what if you ran as fast as you could and then you got to the middle sooner than you normally would have and then a train came from the other direction
4: or because those right. tracks those right. like the tracks aren't the the panels or whatever aren't like yeah. that spaced out so if you ran you would have to coordinate jumping on each yes. one of those woods and you'd risk putting your foot in between one of those
2: and you're fucking done after that You're done that. for it Yeah I just it makes so much more sense as an yeah. adult. I'd go i I'd go slow too. Yeah. For the I, for the making of it though, they did put down oh, like yeah. flat wooden
4: things for the stunt people. The stunt women actually stunt women, yes.
0: Anxiety between okay. Vern and Gordy is just get up, get up and like Vern's face the terror on his face <laughs> running is just like, oh man, he didn't he didn't know. He could run like that. <laughs> like,
2: he was half crying because he's yeah. like, "Why are my legs going so fast?"
0: <laughs> he, he had no idea. And then, he, dude, when they when they when he throws him over the side, yeah. um, the first time I saw that, I, I was I was really concerned. Like, the first time I saw it. Did you guys have any concern? Did you know, like, they they found, like, the sign? Was I was concerned this okay. time
4: because where they end up was just, like, a bunch of boulders. I know. Like, that <laughs> would fucking hurt. It would they still are, hurt. They are scratched the fuck up. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the, the one of the cool things about this is that when they do, did shoot this, um, they use a super huge long lens. And so what that does in uh, uh, Panavision is that they they zoom it in all the way and so the train looks
2: fucking huge behind them. I know exactly what shot you're talking about. Yeah. And oh, so yeah. when they're running
4: away towards the camera, it, it wasn't even moving. It's just billowing smoke. Yes. And so when they're running, t- when they're running uh, towards the camera, it's slowly zooming out, so the train looks like it's coming towards that, them. That
2: shot is unbelievable mm-hmm. because it's not fake. It is like there's a gigantic <laughs> chain w- train one foot behind them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. but that is so per. And most of that was n- was real. Yep. There were a few like when they actually fall off. That was you can tell yeah, things get a little grainy some there, little there, hazy. Yeah, there. yeah, a few of them, but for the most part, those were really well done shots. Mm-hmm. I wondered how they did that. That's amazing. Yeah, just just a simple fucking camera chick. It's so cool. Holy shit. Uh, also I have a problem with this though. Um, you know, when you got one track of train, you're really gonna you're gonna slow down other train track movements because you gotta let one train come through before yep. another one comes yep. through. There were four ca- there were four cars on that train. There was like <laughs> a coal yeah. a coal Col- train. Uh, a caboose, yeah, and like one th- one little like thing holding a, a flatbed with holding like a crane on it. Yeah, you think you could take more with you, maybe? Yeah, yeah, if may- you're gonna may- clog maybe. up the train, line. yeah. <laughs> There's exactly. only four fucking cars on that thing. There was it was not a long train, and
0: you're just like I'm like I, like I literally thought this time around. I was <laughs> like, shit, Teddy and Chris are on the other side of that. They're not gonna be able to get to him for at least a few. M- oh, there it's the end of it. Okay, oh, never yep, mind. End of the train
2: there was only four cars. <laughs> no big like, deal. Oh, I guess that's it. Okay, guess we know when the next trains do. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so nightfall arrives, and they set up camp for the night. Gordy tells them all a story about a kid named Lardass who takes revenge on the rest of his town during a blueberry pie-eating contest. After everyone falls asleep, Chris and Gordy have a deep conversation about the future. The next morning, Ace and his gang are seen spending recreational time smoking and hitting mailboxes with baseball bats as they drive around town. Billy and Charlie eventually blab about finding Ray's body. Intent on claiming credit for himself, Ace heads out with them to find the body. Oh, no. So
4: this campfire scene is really funny. I like I it's like great. when uh, Vern is cooking his whatever the hell they're eating. And, this is like uh, steak or something. Yeah, it's meat. it was a
0: uh, is hamburger. Okay, okay. yeah, that's, that's what it looked the, like. Uh, it in, uh, two, uh, a buck fifty a hamburger is what the guy okay. at the there store says. And they're making like basically on sticks? Meat meatballs <laughs> on their stick. That makes <laughs> sense. That's
4: pretty cool, man. I mean, I used to do that shit. Did you guys used to like go out with your just your friend or your friends and just oh, go yeah. like make a fire and like cook weenies and shit? Yeah, oh, yeah it's damn, extremely man. dangerous to do that. That yeah, as absolutely. A if yeah. you think back to Especially it. Especially in the house, you know. <laughs> um, I, love, I love the line where he's like, oh shit, guys, what am I gonna eat? Because it falls in the, in the fire. He's like, shit, what am I gonna eat? He's
2: like, watch cook your dick. Be a pretty small meal. Be a pretty small meal. <laughs>
0: Just rip it on him. Buds again. Kids
2: being kids, man. Yeah. Trying to be adults as yeah, kids. Exactly. There you go, man. That, so we gotta talk about Lardass first. That that whole story and scene is, is awesome. I can see how it. I think maybe when I was younger I didn't understand how it fit and like why it was there. But yeah. on rewatch, it's just such a great way to sort of break everything up a little yeah. bit. Like, they're, they're, there's no more threats. We're just sitting here now. Right. We're just telling stories. Relaxing We're, with the smoke.
0: They yep. all look so awkward smoking they their do. cigarettes. Yeah. Like they do. Be cool. Best time to eat. Best time
2: smokes smoke is after a meal, after man. After a good meal. After a good meal, cherish man. Cherish
0: these moments.
2: <laughs> and, it, and it really plays on, like, g- they want to show how good Gordy really is yeah. in, like, telling stories. And, like, that is his creative thing. His and, thing. It's such I I just fucking love how cartoony that whole scene is when they go when they do the replay yeah
3: that
4: that scene and just the whole fact of them trying to find a dead body the entire movie is like the is the only Stephen King moments that I can see Stephen yeah. King in you know when he diverts to these like dark or kind of things like the story seems dark to me like I don't know about you guys but it's just like he gets revenge it always seemed like kind of more off than the actual story we're we're watching. It, I mean, maybe just more fantastical, obviously, because it's like projectile vomit and everything, but it's it's the more Stephen King heart that I see in this scene and obviously the dead body and everything.
2: It's but. it's as if you were watching it on Disney and it was the edited version, but then you found out that in the real version, he then pulls out a shotgun and shoots everyone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, that's what you thought was going to yeah. happen. <laughs>
4: <laughs> a few behind-the-scenes things on that is that the Rob Reiner is actually like a staunch uh, – staunchly against smoking like he's like a big petitioner in california to get it just banned permanently um and so when he when he came up with this kids having to smoke in the movie it's he specifically wanted it to be cabbage leaves and not tobacco obviously because they're kids right well of course he was obviously still like he didn't want them to do it he didn't want the kids to smoke at all but it definitely adds to it like
2: especially when he's like smoke after a meal the best one one of the, my favorite shots w- was uh when when they they i mean it's, it's very comical like they're when they're they're talking about and they're saying they're having childhood conversations and then eventually they have to guard one of them has to stay up and guard watch <laughs> i think i think for me this is my favorite Vern moment <laughs> yes. when the, the the scene of him with the gun and and he'll like bam bam noise, bam, bam, and then he goes behind the tree, and all of a sudden the, the gun pops out <laughs> from behind the tree. Ooh. <laughs> I, that was awesome. Like, he was really gun. good in that. Man.
0: <laughs> oh, my God, it is. It's one of the funniest moments. He's so terrified. <laughs> like, Why would you even put Vern on watch? Why would you put a gun in that dude's hands like, if you're his friend,
2: man? <laughs> you guys heard something. You just
0: don't do that, man. <laughs> you don't.
4: We got to go back to Bufferama real quick, just because I I think we gloss over it just a little bit, and it's like the train scene for me, and then this scene for me. Those <laughs> are yeah. your big scenes. Uh, so Lardass, uh, "What's his actual name?" Is it doesn't matter. It's okay. Lardass. Dude. "Something Hogan, Chris yeah. Hogan, or whatever yeah. is like his name?" So Paul he's Hogan. his whole Paul. like backstory, but it's in kind of incredible, like the, the, the way how they get away with telling this whole whole story within the movie um it's the whole all the backstory and everything like that like he's the big guy in the town so he's gonna get revenge on the fattest way possible that he can drinking what like motor oil Ca- castor, castor oil. oil
2: which i had to of course look up that is like a thing it was an old remedy to make you throw up okay yeah. and relieve like I mean, it, an it, it makes you, sh- you come out all your like holes things come out of your holes when <laughs> yes. you do that and he <laughs> right. drinks a whole one
0: yeah it's and an- cracks in a raw egg into his mouth on top of it.
4: It's so fucked up. And, oh, my God. The, the, the way the town is all against him, though, is boom, so. Ba, <laughs> ba, boom, baba, ba, boom. <laughs> boom, baba. Ba. I like when uh, the, I think it's the mayor or something like that who's introducing everybody yep. or something like that. Someone says, hey, Lardass." <laughs> Chow down, wide load. That's it, that's it. Like, Chow down,
2: wide load. And the mayor's like, <laughs> anyway, uh, okay. he even calls him, "Hey, lard ass." I mean, I mean pa- Paul. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it shows. It shows maybe how far we've come in like bullying type things in okay. in the modern era. Yeah. Because like, yeah, that was totally acceptable for the whole town the to be like, "That kid's fat." Yeah, fuck him. Yeah, like, let's make fun of
4: him. Let's make fun of him. It was uh, the, messed up. The man. throw up was made of the barf was made of um, blueberry pie filling, and cottage cheese. Just imagine oh, really? having that in your mouth.
0: Doesn't sound too bad, honestly. Not too bad. but Put it on some crackers. or You bake
4: that feta and I'm in, dude. There you go, baby. You know I love that feta cheese. Bro. Right. <laughs> so uh, we get all their watch scenes and everything like that, and Teddy's doing his like military thing, and it's kind of funny. God, uh, but we get to it, the Teddy. sentimental uh, stuff with Chris and Gordy. Uh, I love the line where he says the kind of talk that seemed important until you discover girls or this is that's he says Th- that's that that's when they're all they're talking about what cherry flavor Pez? Yeah yeah sincerely Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I think that I think that line is on a poster
2: Is it really? Like it's like the the quote of the
4: movie that's on the po- that they
2: post the poster I didn't see that poster too. I'm like what? I think like, the trailer actually had that's one of the first things in the trailer for the movie. It was like it, okay.
0: It's it's kay. one of those things that like what food would you live on, you know, for the rest of your life? Cherry pez well, what the hell Pess. is Goofy? Cherry flavor piss. Like you know, yeah, is, is he a, a dog? Oh, he can't be a dog. He drives and wears a hat. Like <laughs> it's like God, you're right.
4: What the hell is he? And
0: it's just like oh, all the deep questions that you need deep, answers man. as a kid,
4: right? Yeah. The kind of talk that seemed important until you discover. I love that. It's that's like great. That's
2: perfect. Dude. Yeah. I felt so sad though. Like this time around with River Phoenix, man. Like what yeah. a what a. It's kind of like when I see Heath Ledger. It's just yeah. this like man. He was he was a fantastic actor. Right. Was gonna was. Was he was going to be big. He was going to be huge. And I mean, he he was Pretty in much. theory like he did get he became this huge icon and like heartthrob and actor. But man, like in that scene when he really breaks down, it is beautiful mm-hmm. on on how well he acts that scene out. Yeah, uh, and heartbreaking. It, the story
0: the story he tells about like what happened to him. And you know, it goes back to like you like he just gets pigeonholed as this kid who's not going to amount to anything, and and that's like terrible to hear because you don't like to think that that would actually happen, no. but you know it probably does. And like for oh, they just know it was it was it was me. He's like, yeah, maybe I did steal the whole story that he mm-hmm. tells is about how he stole the lunch money or the milk money or something yep. from a classroom. But then he goes, and he felt bad. He gives it back. But then it turns out the teacher who took it,
2: d- took Never it, turned it in. Never so goes, turned cool, it in. thanks for turning
0: this in. And she stole it. And when he tried to do the right thing, but then pinned it on him. So he tried to go do the right thing, and then this teacher that he thought, like, who would, you know, it, he 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 knew in his head would do the right thing, does not. And, and completely throws him under the bus because fuck him.
2: Yeah. That's wow. a life-changing moment. He it could is. have just said, well, fuck that shit. Then I'm going down the I'm going down the bad road. Right. I don't give a shit anymore. Yeah. He said that Rob
4: Reiner gave him the direction of, like, just give me – because he, he wasn't, like, kind of getting the scene. He said, give me a – think of a time where, like, adults let you down, you know, because that, that's what his whole character is, is, like, adults just pigeonholing him, as you said, into this one kind of category and just letting him down all the time. And uh, this is what happens. And so I – he, he said that he reverted back to, like, thoughts of his parents and stuff like that. So it's just like, damn. Wow. And that's, what, that's, that's the take that was used in the, in the film.
2: Yeah, pretty much that entire last take yeah. they used. They said, oh, that's the one. Mm-hmm. Wow. Damn. All right, you want to hear Kiefer uh, Sutherland uh, fan theory number one? Let's roll. Okay. So <laughs> you ready for this? Do okay. It. So Kiefer... We're we're talking like the the movies. The movie's over, right? He's he's been focusing on revenge his whole life. Like after this, like he he hates Gordy and his friends, and he's focusing on this. He ends up do, doing something terribly stupid, and ends up actually like getting caught and like kicked out of school. And so he becomes like this depressed nomad for a few years. He just is doing odd jobs, committing crimes. He ends up traveling all the way down to California, where he meets a guy named Max who promises he can help this guy improve his luck. He's like, hey, you, I'm going to help you out here. I, I know how to make your life better. I, I feel like things aren't going well for you, Ace. All he has to do is drink this drink. And boom, we have David from Lost Voice, who's born <laughs> and forever oh. young. Think about it, his ability to recruit people yeah, and right. to look cool and to be ruthless. Oh, my God. Max found his perfect little ringleader for yeah, his vampire did. game. So then he stayed young forever. Damn. Into the 80s. When oh, we, wow. He became a vampire. And, you get it from Lost Voice? You oh, shit. Santa Clara, dude. Oh, there it is. Wow. That's my first one. People Second one's strange, probably a little man. better, dude. Okay. People are strange. Sexy Sax Man. <laughs> <laughs>
4: I like it. I'm into. I'm it. into that. Well, I think the
2: second one's better. That's coming up a little. Okay. Little. Okay. okay. So, yeah, save the best for last. Thank you. <laughs> well, okay. So we moved on from the fire. Uh, we're we're dealing with the gang now, right? The gang. They're, they're playing mailbox baseball. Yeah. Did, did that give you a little dazed confused? One hundred percent. I knew you would. <laughs> I had to look. I had to find out what mailbox baseball was. Just committing fraud after fraud after fraud. <laughs> no big deal. Do you know the rules for mailbox baseball? No. Okay. So from what, I can, from what I can figure out is missing the mailbox completely or shattering it into pieces is an out. Uh, hitting it is a, like hitting it and knocking it over is a single and completely removing it from the post is a home run. Okay. Now, I must also say the confused breakfast in no way condones this act. No way. Tampering with mailboxes is a felony <laughs> offense. Is a felony offense. you, Bush, get out of the car. <laughs> go man, just go man, fucking go! Man. But apparently, like this is a thing. I mean, now we've seen two movies where destroying mailboxes is a thing. Like, yeah. I, apparently, this was a thing that kids did. Honestly, though, Mischief.
4: Like, I, we, we, I don't condone the uses of like uh, that kind of thing to pass the time or anything like that. But times were a little simpler, you know, when yes, we didn't were. have phones and vi- and the video games and the and the and the porn hubs and. <laughs> you know all the podcasts, all the Steams and stuff. Yeah. Uh, we didn't, we didn't have that, and so we uh, we had to revert to killing mailboxes. You're saying we
2: like have you, have you done this before? We d- the w- uh, the royal we. The ro- <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, also I wanted to say. So did, did you notice what music was playing while they were be- while they were beating mailboxes? Oh yeah, um, it, it was "Great Balls of Fire," <laughs> and it had me thinking like, was this like? Gangster rap or heavy metal to them back <laughs> then, right? Because right. they're rebellious, so they're not like listening to and mom roll. and dad's music That's or true. pop music. Jerry so, Lewis was a, so was Great Balls of Jerry Fire, Lewis like fucking asshole. whoa, dude! Yeah. yeah, I can't believe they're listening to Great Balls of Ooh, Fire right now. Wait
0: a second, <laughs> yeah, Jer- Jerry Lewis was a disruptor, man. Yeah, he was. He was a bad boy in the in the music world. they're they're, pull-
2: they're pulling up to the gas station, bumping Great Balls of Fire, and old <laughs> ladies are like, Oh
0: my god, oh my goodness, planet <laughs> get and Clutch your pearls.
4: <laughs> <laughs> don't
2: tell me what to do, Chlorine. <laughs> Chlor- Chlor- Is
3: <laughs> chlorine. clarice
2: and Marine together. Chlorine. Guys <laughs> to know a person Chlorine? <laughs> Isn't that a pool chemical? <laughs> 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 chlorine.
0: Uh, yeah, just Chlorine and chlamydia walking down the street just having a
2: good old time. Beautiful names. Having a girls' night. <laughs> <laughs> Sean just got a dog and I think we're getting a name change coming around. <laughs> yeah, right. <I> mean, chlorine. <laughs> chlorine. Oh my god.
0: <laughs> so th- then we have that point though where where there I always thought another Mandela effect here. I always knew in my head that they were doing like tattoos or whatever. And but did you see what it was? Just scarification. Scarification, razor
4: blades. <laughs> The, they're they were most, cutting into every, the rustiest pieces of shit they could find. It looks like
0: hold still, I'm messing up the snake part. <laughs> it's like
4: <laughs> the fuck does it matter?
0: You're cutting his skin,
2: <laughs> God. And you get more of Ace, like you legitimately believe Ace that he says, if you guys had two thousand dollars, I'd kill, kill, kill you. you. Oh yeah, straight. And they're faced. like, uh huh, yes, he would. Yep. Yeah. All right. So final scene, you guys. The next day, the boys swim across a swamp and discover it is filled with leeches. Gordy faints after finding a leech in his underwear. That's the nice way to say it. After more hiking, the boys locate Ray Brower's body. Ace and his gang arrive, announce that they are claiming the body, but Gordy pulls a gun out. Ace demands the weapon, but Gordy refuses. Ace and his gang retreat, vowing revenge. The four boys report it to the authorities via an anonymous phone call. They walk back to Castle Rock and part ways. Gordy narrates that Vern and Teddy grew distant over the next few years. Chris managed to stick it. Out in school with Gordy and went to college to become a lawyer. However, he was killed in the stabbing incident that Gordy had been reading in the paper to start the film. Back in present day, Gordy closes the film as he finishes the memoir he's been writing about his childhood and leaves to take his dumbass son and his friend out swimming. That's what it says in my notes, guys. That was oh, in Wikipedia. Oh yeah, just oh, so the wiki.
4: <laughs> Got
2: to start off with the leech scene. Yeah,
4: I love. I love when it's like, right.
2: it's not that deep. We can walk across. <laughs> Kerplonk.
0: And and you know what? It it goes into just them like oh, Gordy's trying to get out of here. He okay, uh huh? And he's not gonna go anywhere. And they just dog pot, dog pile, dog pile. Dog pile. <laughs> yep. And then they discover them. And I'll tell you what, guys. I really thought leeches were going to be a bigger fucking deal in my life. I, figured I think we every, all did, man. I, think every, I thought every pond I was going to go into or every like body of water that wasn't a pool was yep. going to have leeches in
2: it. And that they were invisible. Yep. And that they got on your skin and yep. you wouldn't feel them. Yep. And then when you got out of the water, then they would appear yep. fully attached to your body. Yep. Correct. Because they, they fill up with blood. Yes. That's that, they're clear really until, they, until they fill up with blood. Ah, Your blood. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. They're like predator when he's like invisible, but you can kind of see the outline mm-hmm. of them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Those are just
0: baby predators. <laughs> those are just. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's what leeches are. Holy <laughs> shit. So a leech consumes a full human being and becomes a real yeah. predator? Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: That's. Pre- it's pre- predator sperm. No thanks, That's
2: dude. Pre- predator, like sperm. Predator, <laughs> pred- predator sperm. <laughs> predator sperm.
4: Predator <laughs> sperm. I, um, <laughs> I love the. I want to go back to the times where, like, you could be fully submerged in water and not worry about your phone, like, at all times. (laughs) Uh, Because when they jump in the water, they're having a good time, like, you know, (laughs) doing pile-up and stuff like that. It's just like, and when they dropped in the water, I'm like... (gasps) Oh, all they their phones from their, phones are their done. pockets.
2: If if this if they recreated Stand by Me in 2021, they would have made it that far. They would have all fallen in the water immediately, jumped out, and been like, "My phone's fucked. I'm going home." Yeah. And they would have all left. Yeah, and they never all found the
4: because... body. Oh damn it, my iPhone 11 Plus. Damn it. damn it. Oh.
3: Damn it. They would
4: have all taken their their VO
2: scooters and yeah. to, to the location instead. <laughs> Dude, Sean, I wondered if you noticed this. I did not notice this back in the day until this rewatch. When they get, when they're on the train tracks and they finally get to the location of where the body is, Mm -hmm. and they start spreading out, that the wind is howling in that. Yeah, like and the trees and everything around it are just blowing like crazy. I don't know how they plan that, but that gives me the most haunting, eerie vibe I've ever seen. Like they finally get to where the body is, and it's just like chaos of wind yeah now granted i don't i don't feel like they play off of that in the movie because they're like oh it's just windy today let's get through this but like i loved the way that scene looked it does Mm -hmm. make you feel
4: like a certain way like because like i mean we're we're from my where a lot of tornadoes happen and stuff like that like we know when that wind picks up and stuff like Mm -hmm. that it's just like well this ain't good this is kind of out of nowhere you know something it's a bad open pretty much um, it's a Gucci, man. It's a Gucci. It's a, a Gucci, g- man. It'll get you. Don't <laughs> do you want to get them that, that sixty mile an hour? When that's a sloucher, right? There.
2: <laughs> um Yeah. No. I feel it's that a fucking derecho. <laughs> Damn. Say. You know that? Yeah. We're not gonna talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah.
4: Well, I mean, this scene where they where, and it kind of calms down when they do go it down. It does. There. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and there's no music. It's just kind of silent, and they're just kind of looking at it, and it's. It's the purest form to me that, like, in any movie that's ever been made of, like, kids realizing that this could, this isn't, like, this could, they're mortal, you know, because this whole time, especially dodging trains and everything like that, getting attacked by leeches, they probably kind of feel... A little invincible, you know, because they're kids. Yeah. Nothing can happen to kids. We're kids, you know. Yeah, Ace is a bully, but he won't really kill us, really. Right. Um. But then there's a dead body right in front of him, and it's and, their, and their it's age. Their right? age. Yeah. It's really, really haunting. Yeah.
0: It's it's it becomes it like you like you said at the very beginning, Sean. It's a it's an image that kind of burns into you, like and and your mind distorts it over time if yeah. you don't revisit the movie. 100%. So like you, it really does become almost more more disturbing as time goes on you haven't revisited it and you think about that and you think about if you you know this started out as an idea that people that they they're kids and like you guys want to see a dead body yeah and it sounded like because it at that point it just sounds like a ghost story or it sounds like a little story that you're going to tell your friends and then it becomes real and they see him and he's literally been knocked out of his shoes from this train you see one of the, sh- the shoes yeah, like I actually know. sitting in the bushes and stuff that he was that was right there and uh and he's and he is he's just there with his eyes open and it's like they didn't expect to actually find him yeah it's well, yeah. it's a
4: jarring st- image and i and, don't know like what what people expect to like when you go like if if we put ourselves in these kids shoes like what do you we're gonna go see a dead body. Like it's a dead body, a dead human being. What do we expect it to look like? Okay, what's the, what's the last dead body you might have seen? Is like in a casket with the eyes closed, all yep. made up and everything like mm-hmm. that, wearing no. a suit. This one is in its clothes. It's all dirty. It's a little bloated. Eyes are at this open. Point. Yeah, it is. It, it's. I'm glad they went with that because it is terrifying. But it's also like they treat it also respectfully. Mm-hmm.
2: And yeah, I don't know. It's really. It's done really well. Yeah. And and you know obviously then Gordy Gordy breaks down because this is sort of his closure moment with his brother, right? Where he says he didn't cry during his brother's funeral, mm-hmm. and now it's like he can almost do that. He's like witnessing death again, right. and he can he can close that chapter in a way.
4: This is the moment that made me cry on uh, rewatching this. Just just what Chris was saying to him, he's like, "My dad fucking hates me." He's like, "He just doesn't understand you." Yeah, just keeps saying that, and it's like it's the truth, man. He yeah. doesn't. He just he, doesn't know, he, and like it's it's a shame. It's a real fucking shame that because Chris knows how great of a person he is, all all these all his friends know how great of a
2: person he is. You know, well, don't, he's don't, got so much value, and his dad just can't fucking see it. And Gordy, don't you wait like when you're going to make all that money from being a famous writer, Dad's going to want to hang out at your rich yep. little mansion all day long. He's going to yeah. love you, but just yeah. you got to get to that point, bro. Right. And Chris, like Gordy, helped Chris out a little bit ago in yep. the night before. Now Chris is there. they are truly best friends. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, and that really shows it.
0: Right. Uh, I I just think um, I just think when there, there's such a difference and a, such a such a contrast, they have they this is their coming of age moment, right? This is the change that's like going to be happening. It's a really big, it's a very impactful thing for for these kids at this age. And then you and then comes the contrast of Ace and here the gang. they come. Mm-hmm. They aren't gonna treat it this way they're just like cool there it is let's call let's call somebody let's get this going so we can get our faces in the paper and uh and the standoff is again it is just the anxiety i got from this standoff i'm not like chris just i'm not moving no Mm -hmm. we did this like you you can't just come in and take it because you're older you know Yep. there's more of you and all this stuff and it's like, no, we found him. Like, we're gonna do the right thing, and and we're gonna do this the right way. Ace is just seems really ready to kill him,
2: yeah. <laughs> and, and Chris seems to know that this is gonna not end well. Yeah, he's like, it's principle. I can't do it. Yeah. Uh, there was a fan theory. Here's the second one about Ace. I saw this on Reddit, and it's too good. Here's the theory: Gordy suspects that Ace was the one that killed his brother. Ooh. Uh, which is why he says, "No, Ace, just you." Just you. you. Uh, and we well, the, saw... The bat, most badass line. Unbelievable. Yeah, middle. nope. I don't care. What are you going to do? Shoot us all? No, Ace. Just, just you. Just you. So cool, man. And, and we saw we saw the game of chicken that Ace played on the road, right? We know Denny died in a car accident, so maybe it was Ace mm. that was playing chicken with him on the road, and it's just this kind of rumor like that's not proved, mm. but they, we got this rumor. And, and even Ace says, come on, Lachance, give me the gun. You must have at least some of your brother's good sense. Ooh like there's this he's really digging on on uh, Gordy about his brother. It's yeah. like he just has no fucking soul. He killed his brother and now he's just fucking with Gordy too. Right. So it's it's a crazy fan theory
0: on that.
4: I dig it. I like that too.
0: Yeah. Uh you know it's it's uh it makes me wonder if uh if the reason if some of the reason that he came back to this story or this time in his life is because of when Maybe not the only reason, but obviously this is, a, this is an important point in their life together. When he reads this story, and Chris was about to get stabbed in the throat by Ace. Ooh, right. And in the paper, he reads he was stabbed in the throat, and died almost instantly. Mm. So it's like it somehow came back around, and I don't want to go to the theory of like maybe it was Ace, Ace who was, was the there later in life. Yeah. I feel like I mean, that my brain
2: be... immediately started. Okay, that. so so
0: I'm glad I wasn't the only one, but but you're just like, gosh, it's like there's too much coincidence yeah. Yeah. in this in this story that he's telling and and what happened to him at the at the
2: end. Mm. So. And then even that slow haunting "Stand by Me" playing in the background when they returned yeah. to town, where you don't you don't pick up that it's "Stand by Me," but it is, yeah. and it's this slow, yeah, weird kind of mono. Yeah, just, yeah. yeah, that's a really cool way to just bring all, for when he starts telling those monologues of, like, we grew apart. and Big fan of that scene, Chris. by the way, oh. I
4: like especially, like, the Stand By Me, who yep. it was inspired by this movie, I, or, sorry, the Sandlot, yeah. inspired by by this movie. Um, I love that parting away scenes. You get that. And the, that reviewer is like, what happened to all of them? We don't know what happened to this guy or that guy. It's like, <laughs> he just told us. He just told us exactly what happened. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, I mean, if you want to know what happened to Kiefer, just listen to Mike.
2: Just listen to Mike. Um, Not
4: if I do. see you first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I, 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 that's one of my favorite things about this movie is, is we get that parting of ways thing. And,
2: uh, yeah, I'm just a big fan of it. So, okay, before we end this, we, we kind of glanced over it, but I almost think it's a good way to end. So that deer scene, right? They wake up from the campfire and mm-hmm. Gordy sees this deer and they make eye contact and the deer leaves. And he's like, I never told anyone about that till now. Bothered the shit out of me. I'm like, what, the, what, what does this have to do with anything? Right. I hated that moment, but I had to read about it, and I had to be like, why? Wh- what is this? And I found an article Victoria Large from the Brattle Theater Film Notes. Hundred percent. I, I just hit right. I mean, very famous. I I just found. I just typed in "deer scene stand by me." What does it mean? <laughs> and she wrote this, and I want to read it verbatim because it's unbelievable. She said. Stand By Me is one of, the, one of only a few great films about childhood friendship, and it captures so well the magic of spending a late summer day or night on an outdoor adventure. Gordy's encounter with the deer reminds me of evanescent moments from my own childhood when something just a little out of the ordinary appeared and bewitched me. Sometimes we're eager to share these moments in conversation, and sometimes, like Gordy, we're reluctant to. The deer scene gives us a moment to breathe after Gordy's friend Chris breaks down in tears over remembered betrayal, and before the boys at last find the dead body we've been looking for, forcing themselves to face mortality head on. Director Rob Reiner cuts from a close-up of Gordy to the deer and then back, highlighting the similarities between the two and making it easy to link his character to a deer, a connection that underscores Gordy's innocence and vulnerability, just before the encounter with the body will lay bare his grief over the death of his older brother and a face-off with the town bully will test his courage. This is a coming-of-age story, and the deer's appearance emphasizes how Gordy is forced to grow and change. In a bittersweet and nostalgic film about how time refuses to stand still, this brief scene reminds us of the rare magic moments when it feels like it does. Mm. and on a train track no less where, right there. where deers get hit all the time right there is, and, and that
4: that dude got hit by a train
2: yeah it, it in a wow. in a nostalgic film about how time refuses to stand still reminds us of the rare magic moments when it feels like it does mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like damn yeah that's deep i the my least favorite part of the movie all of a sudden became my first after <laughs> i read yeah. that it's and, and i owe it to that yeah that's great mm-hmm.
0: well, That was yeah. wonderful
2: well, there we are, boys. So, uh, what do you think? We got to give it a modern day rating, right now. We just tried to break this thing down with a modern eye. AJ, what do you think, man? What do you rate in this movie now as an adult here?
0: Um, there's, I, I've, I felt like so much like, uh, so much coming back and thinking about like my own childhood and um, how I would float between groups and I would follow my brothers around, but then I also try to be hanging out with like and making new friends and whether I was successful or failed at it and everything and then you have those friends that grew apart and that become a little estranged over time as you go grow up. And, um, it, it like really, it really drags it up. And like, like one of the reviews said, like there's something that almost every generation seems to be able to latch onto as it continues to move through time. And, uh, I, I really enjoyed it this time and I uh, like this time through it really it really struck me really hard a couple on a couple of the rewatches like the first t- two times I rewatched it and uh so I would I would say I've got I've got to give this an an 8.8
2: 8. damn buddy nice what about you Sean
4: Yeah uh it, it still holds up uh it's it's uh Corey Feldman's best performance he's ever given. Maybe maybe all the the whole cast, their best performance they've ever given. Um Rob Reiner's best film, maybe, uh Misery's up there too. Um and Stephen King, one one of his one of his best kind of short stories that he ever did, I think. Uh and what it means to me, uh, like we've just been talking about this entire time, is it's just that it's just that uh that coming of age kind of innocence being completely washed away once you see a, a face of a dead kid um and then just kind of hanging out with your bros and, and that's kind of living in those moments and everything like that uh i i love it so much it's probably let's i'm gonna go
3: 8.5
2: 8.5 for the old shawnee so for me yeah i was only uh i was only a four i just didn't really get this movie but Richard Dreyfuss really sums it up because, I mean, the written word of this movie, which I'm taking is probably from the novella, mm-hmm. uh, some of the words that Richard Dreyfuss says like when he's narrating are so perfect. He says, the summer of 1959, a long time ago, but only if you measure it in years. Mm-hmm. Only
0: if you measure it in years.
2: <sighs> like like mind-blowing. I mean, it's true. Like that was so long ago, but yet it wasn't. Mm-hmm. It, it was just it, it was so quickly it came back to him. And this, this movie is just fantastic for me. I'm... Um, um, I'm taking it one notch above Sandlot for me because they're very similar films, but I just think this one's just a little bit better. So I'm a 8.1. Nice. Look at that, boys. Gotcha. I'll
4: Go um, Hit save when you're writing. I don't think he ever did. Yeah, he <laughs> just did. shut off his computer <laughs> and bu- and gone.
0: I hope that's got auto save.
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever that contraption was oh he was typing on, boy. I don't think it had
0: it. Yeah. The old <laughs> Type <laughs> Master
4: 3000. Not going to live off of, that, of those short story collections for that long, than nah. Richard Dreyfus.
2: Uh, or Stephen King, shall we say, <laughs> Richard Dreyfus. Well, we hope you guys enjoy this episode. It means the absolute world to have you here with us. Tune in next Wednesday for a very special episode, different than anything we've done before. Got some stuff planned for you. And following that, we are coming at you with two classics 10 years apart. The Fast and the Furious and Point Break. Oh yeah, daddy! Two very different movies. Very different movies. After that, we follow we fall off and start heading towards fall and Halloween movies, which is going to be me and Sean's favorite thing in the world. AJ is going to hate us. Ugh. We just we just made up a list, man. I'm I'm Ugh. so excited. We did that at Cedar Ridge, man, when we were drunk off of whiskey. They always do this behind my back.
0: Yeah, dude.
3: Fuck, <laughs> fuck <laughs> you, dude. You're
0: stupid. And shit. They always call me dumb. How I don't like Halloween. Stupid <laughs> dumb AJ. <laughs>
2: stupid dummy. So we. We hope you'll continue to uh, hang out with us and add us on all the fun social medias like AJ's going to tell you about right now.
0: All the social medias come right after all the podcast platforms that you're already listening on, you're telling your friends to listen to, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Castbox, Stitcher, everywhere in between. Make sure you are leaving a review, giving us a thumbs up, or uh, subscribing, of course, wherever you're listening. Uh, when you tell your friends about us, you probably just post about it on uh, Facebook as well, Confused Breakfast, uh, Facebook.com slash Confused Breakfast, Instagram at Confused Breakfast, TikTok at Confused Breakfast, and of course, Twitter at Confused Be Fast. So stupid. So dumb. <laughs> Other than that, you know we've got Patreon, guys. Yeah. Make sure you are hitting us up on Patreon, a whole lot of good stuff that we're uh. uh trying to do for you on there, uh, adding a
4: whole lot of Hell extra yeah. content. You get to vote on upcoming movies, all that fun stuff. Hit up our merch store, you guys. Oh, we got some movies. shirts. We got uh, Humanize the Goons. We got our logo. We got some stickers
2: and a coffee cup. Coffee cup, bro. Go ahead and get ah. that shit. Call us at 319 Lots of links in the old show notes, too. You get uh, Check us all out on our personal endeavors that we like to do there, so click on those links. Huh? Judge hey. our music. Yes, please. Go judge it. Judge it. Tell us how <laughs> shitty we are,
3: please.
0: <laughs> AJ,
2: where can everybody find you at, man?
0: Uh A-J-A-Y-V-E-N-S, AJ Vens, anywhere on social media or the interwebs. Shawnee Boy.
4: I will be at Instagram on Instagram and TikTok at Sean 237 two three seven. And if you were uh, do Letterbox, hit up hit me up there and see what I'm watching. Suicide Squad
2: was pretty great. Pretty cool. I got a new website, uh, acekilleddenny.com. I'm trying to prove it, so I'm okay. needing any sort of stuff I can get you're from. Hire a here. detective. A detect- yeah, I just need some money to really get the detective work are going you gonna, So,
4: Are you gonna get like real strung out and be the actual detective yourself? No,
2: probably not. Oh. I'll probably hire. I'm busy, I got podcasts and That's stuff. That's very true. It's oh, all the yeah. way out in Oregon, man. Kind of over it too. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a long time ago. <laughs> cold case. Gone cold again. Cold case. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're getting out of here. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Uh,